Welcome to Cannons on the Run, episode 45. A podcast out of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm Father Jonathan. And I'm Father Jordan. And we're coming back to you after uh, too long of a time since we've been able to say hello to you all. So hello. <laughs> we are back. <laughs> We have no good excuse other than just life happens, as it does in all of your lives as well, and we uh, needed to kind of re-figure out a lot of different things between living in different places, school, life, new directions, and here we are, making the podcast continue. So I'm sitting here recording in our house, we call it Holy Spirit House of Studies in Chicago, Illinois, and Father Jordan, where are you? I am up at St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. The motherland, Wisconsin. The motherland. <laughs> so we're uh, we're doing some long long distance recording, as just about everyone in the country is right now of any kind, whether it's TV, radio, or whatever. Uh, so we felt like that was a great time of any to uh, do a little do a little uh, long distance recording and, and bring the podcast back. Yeah, and entering into closer relationships when we're supposed to socially distance. Absolutely. Finding finding new ways for relationships to form in, in new ways amidst a world of social distancing. So before we hop into things, we uh, definitely owe all of you, our listeners, a little bit of an update on what we've both been up to. Um, I'll start if that's cool, Father Jordan. That's cool. Sweet. So um, for me, my semester, my spring semester ended actually um, at the beginning of Holy Week because we start our spring semester really early. So that meant um, amidst, you know, everything changing, um, we had, you know, the lockdown um, and stay-at-home orders happening in mid-March in Illinois. So by March 21st was when we were told to stay at home. Um, my classes then were able to all be online and finish. So thanks be to God for that. So we continued classes online, finished my spring semester. The remainder of Holy Week and the Triduum, of course, then was no classes. So time here uh, at the house with my four other Norbertine confreres. And then this week, Easter, the first week of Easter, the octave of Easter, I've been able to have no classes to worry about. So really, truly celebrating and definitely feels like a, a week of feast days, which I'm really thankful for. So that's been good. I'll start the May term. We still have a, a short term that we do at CTU, and that's a five-week term. So I'll have some classes for that. So outside of my classes, I have continued to help with ministry practicum at Cristo Rey. It's a wonderful school, uh, very resilient amidst uh, the changing times that we're in. And I've just been learning what ministry practic uh, pardon me, not ministry practicum, but um, campus ministry looks like online, how to be present to students, to staff, to each other. Um, and outside of that, and my own studies and life here at the house, I've been enjoying checking out ministries of confreres and others online, um, such as Father Mike Brennan and his daily prayers that he's offering, and Father Jordan, your daily uh, prayers, Whatever. questions, your question of the day, right? Is that what you call it? Yeah. Well, of course, I'm teaching at Notre Dame de la Bay Academy here in Green Bay. And with that transition from classroom to online class, to take attendance and make sure that students are engaged and checked in, uh, each instructor offers a question of the day. And I was... Um, taking the opportunity to show different parts of Abbey life or different areas within the Abbey um, of the mystery that is uh, a more mm -hmm. monastic, uh, more monastic canonical 
life? What do, what is it that we do here at this? We're uh, mysterious at this, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that's kind of give them a little a little snippet of life here at the Abbey, and they have to answer a question, and that's kind of tracking their attendance for the day. Which you know, in community, I still have a house filled with about. 30 other Norbertine priests and brothers or frauders that were still functioning as if we would, even if we weren't in quarantine. Obviously, there's some differences. Like, we still have prayer. We still have mass. Uh, there's definitely a more contemplative nature that we're living more like monks than we are canons in the sense of we can't go out and serve. But we still have this balance of work by the online virtual um, teaching, but also uh, to enter into deeper relationship with God through our communal prayer and deeper relationship with one another in our fraternity. That also as uh, the governor has issued uh, stay-at-home orders, we are limited in our Abbey staff, which more duties fall on us for our common life of just even uh, doing dishes for 30 other guys, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a, also a fun bonding experience. I love it. I completely agree with that. It may not always feel like that in the moment, but you know, often it does though, like that change in schedule, that change in the rhythm like of life at the Abbey. And it's the same here at the house. You know, We've had a few things that have changed our rhythm. We had a day where it was really nice outside and um, we did some spring cleaning together outside, just needed to rake up leaves and just do a lot of yard work. And it was just one of those nicer summer days, summer-like days, early spring days, I guess, within the last week or so. And that just was a great bonding experience for us, you know? And you don't have to think too much, just rake, clean stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Laugh, talk a little. Yeah, and and for me, you know, like you said, in the, in those moments, it's not, it's not always delightful. Uh, I mean, there are moments <laughs> where you can pause and think, oh, this is great of spending so much time with my brothers. Uh, but I find it a real practice in charity of these are all moments to really authentically love uh, if I open my heart to it, if I'm really responding to my prayer in where God is directing me to be. Yeah, and I think that's what I really appreciated about you know what we talked about for this episode as we we're getting ready. What did we kind of keep coming back to was just how we're growing and understanding relationships. Like they're just, how how are we maintaining them right now amidst a world where, you know, words like quarantine and stay at home are, you know, are common language right now. And what do those relationships look like? Like you've been talking about within the community where we live. Um, you know, for me, even though it's more like a family in size, there's five of us, it's still, like you said, we have the same here, a rhythm of liturgical life that we're still praying together. We still celebrate mass together in the house. Um, and just figuring out what that looks like, even though we've always been together, it's a different way of looking together for sure. Yeah, well, it's funny with social distancing and our communal life is, and and I imagine for many people at home, right, we're socially distant, but we're really, really close to those Mm -hmm. who we're called to be close to, whether that's your husband, your wife, or your children. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's, wow, yeah, these are close (laughs) close relationships right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've had a few confers, you know, who have checked in. They just said, you know, how are things at the house? You know, like it's a big house, but, you know, 
in current situations, I can in a space like that can still feel small. So I don't know if that's still the case for you too at the Abbey. You know that there are some days like, oh, I just need a little space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a bad thing. I think just, you know, a very human thing, no matter who you are. I had some classmates um, in the spring semester, you know, some are, CTU is not just seminarians. Um, it's also, for our listeners, um, it's also just, um, it's for um, religious, those who are in religious communities, but also uh, lay people can take classes. So it's a whole mix of different vocations and life experiences as we take class together. So in one of my classes, um, you know, there were a few who were parents, you know, just talking about <laughs> maneuvering this time with their chi- child at home. And some of them, you know, the kid was a teenager and, you know, making sure that they're getting their own schoolwork done, sharing space, um, you know, Wi-Fi, all these things. You just got to maneuver when you're always together. So certainly lots of things to grow in. Oh, right. Right. And I don't know. I don't know if I can say that thanks be to God, many people have somebody to be present to and with, but Mm -hmm. also recognizing that uh, there's a lot of single people out there too, or elderly uh, people who may be on their own. And, you know, the struggle that that must be right now for them Mm -hmm. as we socially distance, because uh, God created us for communion. God created us to be with one another, right? That, um, if we turn to Genesis, right, there wasn't a suitable companion for Adam until Eve was created. God recognized that it was not good for man to be alone, right? And it wasn't until Eve that Adam finally found um, his longing for relationship. Yeah, absolutely. This longing that we feel, um, it's real, it's palpable, and I think a time like now reveals that, you know, this, whether it's just, you know, sometimes like we don't have the words for it, but whatever that longing is, I think, you know, what we're talking about is that longing for others, for people, for community, for communion with one another, you know, so to your point, I agree, you know, it's depending on people's situations, even within family, sometimes there might be a great sense of loneliness, Um, certainly for the elderly, if they're, you know, by themselves or those who are living by themselves, you know, a sense of of struggle of wanting to be with people. And so I think, um, you know, there is a very real and understandable need to name that and say like, this isn't right. Like we shouldn't be, you know, having to isolate from each other. Right. Um, like that's what makes this situation so hard is that, you know, we all want to say we're in this together, let's fight it together. And we have to say that while also saying, and we can't bodily be with each other. You know, it's, it's just, it's such a strange feeling. I think we have to allow ourselves to just name it that way. Like none of us want it to be like this, right? We don't want it to be this way. Yeah. And I know for, uh, for example, like the first week or two, it's like, woohoo, this is introverts paradise. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I imagine for many of us, the first couple weeks, yeah, one, one to two weeks of quarantine um, was almost a bit like a vacation, of, oh, I can get caught up on these things, or all of a sudden I can binge watch these shows on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Like, I imagine for for many of us, it was ah, oh, this is such a great relief and break from the ordinary grind of life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But now that we're in, I don't know, week three, week four, that that's lost its enthusiasm. I imagine like there's this desire to go back to the normal 
a longing mm-hmm. or a desire to uh, search for something more. Absolutely. I've definitely found that in myself, that there was this excitement initially of like, you know, how can I use this time? And, you know, we're going to figure this out. You know, like when things are changing, there's, I don't want to say excitement, like in the sense of happiness, but excitement in terms of energy, anticipation, like we got to do this. We can, we can figure this out, you know, communicating with each other. And yet then surprisingly, you know, monotony has somehow found its way in, even amid such a strange new normal. And I'm learning, you know, and this is part of the gift of religious life, I think, you know, that the pattern that we maintain helps, at least helps me maneuver that sense sometimes, like, where am I going? So to have, like, wake up and have morning prayer together, like, this is what we do, I think helps a lot. And so I think I've been reading from others as well that they, you know, will really kind of talk about helping address that sense of what do I do with this longing, this feeling, and just trying to create a rhythm, at least, you don't get kind of lost in these days all blurring together. Well, because I I imagine for a lot of people, it's been trying to find what to fill that longing with. And I would get the sense that it's coming up empty, right? That, Mm -hmm. okay, I tried movies. That was Mm -hmm. great. But now that's lost its its satisfaction or tried um, online gaming or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's lost, lost that. that right now I had a friend who gave an update. He and his wife did the Camino a year or two ago and talked about how it's almost like the whole world is entering into a pilgrimage. So the, the Camino is this hike, a uh, prayerful hike. I, you can start at different points, but you end at Santiago, is it, mm-hmm. Father Jonathan? Yep. And, you know, you lace up your hiking boots. You got the blisters on. You're moving forward and praying each day. And you're kind of in pain from carrying a backpack and everything. Well, right now our our backpack is this pain almost of uncertainty of when is this going to end. And I think that it's an opportunity for us to enter, to view this as a pilgrimage, not necessarily knowing where the end is going to be, but how am I using this time uh, to satisfy that longing with something truly meaningful, something deep? How am I... How am I satisfying the longing and finding God in the midst of this? Yeah, because on a pilgrimage, physically or, you know, spiritually, there are these these questions. And I think oftentimes they're questions that we don't even know are in us. And that's perhaps the beauty of why, you know, pilgrimages are given such, I don't want to say, I think, priority in our lives, you know, when we do have those pilgrimage experiences, because along the journey we don't even realize the transformation that's happening or the questions that we're trying to answer but something compels us to keep moving forward you know so in a physical pilgrimage you know like on the trail and keep going that way keep keep moving forward Um, but i think in life in times like this where there's not a physical traveling going on but a spiritual one it's a similar thing though it's like man how long is this how long is this journey like how long do i have to keep doing this and so there is like we said the monotony the things that at first work to distract us but the question and the journey doesn't stop. And so I think that's when we realize that a different kind of honesty has to come forth. Um, Like, what is it that I'm actually looking for? Or what is it that I actually need to do here to keep moving forward? And I think to not get lost in saying, like asking those questions is scary or asking those questions means something's wrong. But instead to say asking those questions is good. That's showing passion. It's showing motivation. It's showing a desire and to let those be hopeful things. Um, it's like the question you said, Father Jordan, like how long will this last? 
I find myself often thinking about, you know, like when, when do I get my normal, my normal life back? You know, like there's just this natural longing of, I just want it to look like what it did before, which is funny. Cause you know, there were several days before any of this started where I was thinking like, Oh, I just need a break from all this. And now here I am saying like, I just, I want to go back to some of that, you know? Um, so a perspective that comes from all this and what comes to mind for me in pilgrimages a lot that I think we're talking about is that there's something and to connect it to our idea of community before also, there's something about this time. I think that's requiring all of us to start to really be present in a different way, to be present to ourselves and to be present to each other. Um, whether that's physically within a house, a family, a community, wherever, um, or even beyond that, if you're living by yourself or, you know, you're only with one other person or you're disconnected from your usual people, how are you still present to one another um, long distance through prayer, through communication, through, you know, some of the technology we're blessed to have, um, like what we're using right now to see each other and talk, but just recognizing that a longer pilgrimage, it just requires a lot of patience with yourself to listen, like, what are my needs and listen to the people around us as well um, to be present to each other in the way that they actually need that presence. Right. It's definitely a recalibrating of of what what matters or how am I to behave. I don't know, almost taking things initially for granted. And so on this pilgrimage, how, mm. how are we going to come out of it? Right? Because things aren't necessarily going to go back to normal, but we're going to come out of this and like we'll have some of our regular things or regular components to life but how have we changed out of this yeah to let a transformation happen and let it change us to let that transformation stay yeah that's well put that's exactly it and if anything i hope for all of you listeners that that's a hopeful thing you know to recognize amidst so much uncertainty that because we have a God who is always for us, always loving us, you know, that that transformation is happening. And so our job in that collaboration is just to be open to that and just to try and be present to it, you know, where that transformation is happening in our lives. And it might seem very small, but it might be incredibly significant, you know, just being patient with yourself might be the biggest transformation that happens from this or just learning to slow down, you know, it might be a lot of different things or just a transformed prayer life. I know that's a part of mine is recognizing just how little I am in control of in my life and learning that I truly need God in every way. So hopefully this message is one that gives you all hope um, as we continue through this time. So dear listeners, it is good to be back and sharing, um, sharing episodes with you. We appreciate your patience if you're still out there <laughs> as you've waited for months to hear from us amidst the radio silence. Uh, we plan to continue it. Um, so we look forward to hearing from you in whatever shape or form that might be. And we'll be in touch through our episodes as we continue on this journey together. If you want to learn more about Canons on the Run, go to www.norbertines.org and click on the podcast tab. And you can contact us by clicking on Contact the Podcast Team. You can also find us on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe. And uh, we have a Facebook page. So make sure to like us on Facebook. Let us keep one another in prayer as we continue on these days with hope, knowing that God is with us in the transformation, in the journey, in the pilgrimage, as we all travel together one day at a time. Saints Norbert and Augustine, pray, pray for, for us. us.